0: This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hi and welcome to the show. This episode is a recording of a session that I did at the Pet Industry Federation Virtual Pet Index event, which took place online, of course, in October 2020. And I thought I would turn this into a podcast episode for anyone who went along to the event and wanted to um, go through the the class that I did again. So the topic of this talk is about how to find stories in your pet business and for those of you who might be tuning in to this podcast for the first time I'll just tell you a little bit about me. So my name is Rachel Spencer and my background is that I've been a journalist for 20 years and I write mostly for national newspapers and I write mostly about the pet industry. I'm also a pet blogger at the pawpost.co.uk and another thing that I do is I do media coaching for pet business owners who want to raise their profile and raise awareness of what they do and their products and services. So I help them get media coverage and I also help with other things like content creation so they can stand out online. So in this session I'm going to talk about how to find stories in your pet business. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because one of the reasons um, people come to me and they look for support when it comes to getting publicity is because quite often they might have pitched an idea to the media and they may have had a no or they may have been ignored and they might wonder why that is. Or they might be thinking of pitching to the media and they might want to understand a little bit more about what makes a story. So that's what I'm going to go through in this episode. Um, Also, most of the people who I work with are at that stage where they do want to have media coverage but they're not quite ready to hire a PR company or work with a PR consultant. They want to understand how to do it themselves so instead of hiring somebody to do it for them they work with me and then I can explain what journalists look for, how to pitch a story and all the other various different moving parts that come to getting publicity if you are a pet business owner. So if that's sounding familiar and you'd like to find out more about how you can work with me, If you just swipe up on the app that you're listening to, it will take you to the show notes and there you can find my website and there you can find details of how we can work together. Um, Also, I share lots of tips every week on my podcast as well. So if you're thinking of raising your profile in the media, you can get loads and loads of information just from looking at my my blogs and website um, and podcast episodes. But if you would like to work more closely with me um, and have more personalised feedback, then you can find out more on my website. So, first of all, let's look at what makes a story. So, I'd really like to reiterate that what we're looking for when we're pitching to the media is to give them a story. So, journalists need stories to fill their pages or their slots on TV or radio shows. And they need stories to entertain their readers and their listeners and their viewers. So, each story that they have, it needs to do one of several things. It needs to inform, it needs to educate, it needs to entertain. Now, what happens is quite often journalists will get press releases and there won't be a story there. And that's the reason why the story doesn't ever see the light of day. Every day, journalists, both staff and freelance, they're sent hundreds and hundreds of pitches and press releases, but only a few of them actually appear in the paper. So even as a freelance journalist and I am a freelance journalist working on my own for the Nationals up in the northeast of England, um, I'm not a staff journalist, but I receive... I would say probably 200 press releases a day, some of which are about the pet industry, some of which are about all kinds of different things. But, you know, I only ever actually have a handful of those published. So that hopefully will give you a little bit of an idea of how it works. um, And, you know, quite how tough it can be as well to get a story published in the first place. So next, I want to look at the reasons why um, most of these stories end up in the trash folder. So when I was researching for this presentation, I found some research by Gingercoms. So Gingercoms are a PR company um, and they are very much data driven. They go and do surveys. So they ask lots of people their opinions on lots of different things. It might be, you know, what the favourite thing is for breakfast, you know, what the best British snack is, that kind of thing. What, you know, what one of the... um features they put out was you know what's the most kind of what's the best kind of comfort tv show so that came out as only Fools and horses so they do some brilliant research based stories and they did some research into um into pitching and what journalists look for and they found that out of 63 pitches a day sent on average to journal- the journalists who they polled only 23% of them contained anything of interest so The rest of them were not of interest, they will have ended up in the trash file, and what I want you to do is not to be in that, um, you know, in that 77%, I had to think, on my feet there. So what I'll do is I'll link to the research in the show notes, and you can find out a little bit more about that if you want to go and have a look at it. Okay, so next we're going to look at the reasons why, if you send off a pitch, it might be ignored. Sorry about that, that was Patch, he comes in and shakes in the background. Anyway touches here now, he's made himself heard. So these are some of the reasons why your pitch might be ignored. So the first one is that the idea isn't suitable for the publication. So when I was doing this talk, I gave an example about, um, let's say if you were pitching to a parent magazine and you were pitching about something to do with pets and children. So the parent magazine, although we recognise that pets and children have got a really unbreakable bond and pets and children, you know, they, they kind of live together in our families... Um, and you know they have an amazing relationship. If you're pitching to a parenting magazine, they might just they might just not cover pets in there. So if you've pitched something that you think is going to be really suitable for a parenting magazine, they might think otherwise. They might only write about children, so about our human family members. Um, so it might just not it might just be the case it's not suitable for the publication. So that might be why you might get ignored. Another reason might be that the journalist doesn't write about that topic. So every day I get sent pictures about parenting. Um, about all kinds of different topics that I would never ever write about um, and they just go straight into the I have to delete them straight away because I don't have time to answer every single email that I get um, and it's just it's just that I don't write about that topic however if you send me a good press release or pitch idea about a pet story chances are it's much more likely that I will um, you know I, I will potentially go and work on that and it might see the light of day Another reason might be that the timing just isn't right so it could be too late. Um, I always say it's better to be far, far, far too early than too late. So a couple of weeks weeks ago, for example, there was an awareness day called Cuddle Your Dog Day. Um, And no, sorry, it was Hug Your Dog Day. Anyway, I had a press release or pitch sent to me and I think it was the day before. So if I'd been sent that pitch probably three weeks before, I could have potentially used it for a column that I write regularly for um, a Sunday newspaper. But because it was only a day before, I didn't have time, um, it was too late for me, so I wasn't able to do anything with the story. So if the timing isn't right, um, that can be another reason why your pitch might be ignored, because the journalist doesn't have time to turn it around in time, or it just isn't suitable for for what's going on in the news at that moment. Sometimes when really big news stories break, um, you know, lots of other kind of more featurey style stories or you know stories that don't that aren't time sensitive will be put on the back burner so um that can be another reason it can be timing and then the final one is that it just isn't newsworthy so quite often i'll be sent press releases or pictures and all it is is just a promotional article about that person or that product or service and that's not newsworthy you have to be giving journalists stories otherwise you're not going to get anywhere so the next thing I'm going to look at is the common press release mistakes. So we've talked about pictures and why um, a journalist might not be interested in your picture story idea. Another, um, another area we wanted to cover as well is with press releases and the kind of mistakes that lead to press releases not, not seeing the light of day. So the first one is that they use jargon, so language that the average pet owner or man or woman on, on the street wouldn't understand. And when I say this in relation to pet businesses, I mean... Really, really, um, things that you might consider to be really, really simple and basic. Things like enrichment. If you sent a story about enrichment to a journalist who didn't have a dog, who didn't know anything about enrichment and how that works, they would probably just read it and think, I don't even know what this means. Whereas if you sent a press release about, you know, ways to have fun with your dog, it might be more likely that they would understand what you meant. Well, they would understand what you meant. And it might be more likely that your story might be picked up. So if you sent a press release idea um, about Enrichment activities for your dog in lockdown, that would probably get a no from a journalist who didn't know anything about enrichment or dogs. However, if you sent something around how to have fun with your dog in lockdown, they would understand that and it might be more likely that they could use it, particularly if it was for like a local paper. So, one of my clients, Suzanne from Edinburgh Holistic Dogs, she had lots of coverage locally because she set up a group for dog owners in Edinburgh during lockdown and shared ways where they could, um, you know, have fun with their dogs. Now, if she'd have sent, sent something out talking about enrichment, their eyes would have glazed over a little bit, and she probably wouldn't have had the success that she did. So that's the first one, using jargon, language that the average pet owner or man on the street wouldn't understand. The second one is, again, covered it a little bit more, a little bit in the pitch before, but, you know, the full of marketing waffle, and they only serve the, purpo- the pur- purpose of the person who's interested press release and not the reader. So all they're doing is saying how brilliant, a product or services like why would the reader care about that so you have to think about the reader always be thinking about what you're giving to the reader and um, another example number three is that the story is often buried and the journalist has to dig really deep to find it so I love writing about pets um, and animals and research and all kinds of different things a few weeks ago I had a press release and it was about separation anxiety and how Um, pet owners were worried about going back to work and worried about the pets having separation anxiety. So I'd read that story so many times. In this particular press release, though, there was something in there and it was quite far down and it talked about how cats had become more friendly and affectionate in lockdown. So while the main angle, so the top angle of that press release was something that I had already covered and that I wasn't interested in writing about, really low down on the press release was another angle about how cats were more affectionate and actually wrote that story um, for a national newspaper column. So I had to dig really deep to find that. Now, I did dig deep to find it because I like writing about the pet industry, but most people would have just, you know, got rid of that file and gone on to the next story. So that's your third reason why press releases don't land. And then the fourth reason is that there's no story. So if there isn't a story there, then... It's not going to see the light of day. So again, we have to be thinking about our readers. We have to be thinking about informing, educating and entertaining and giving them stories and thinking about what are the readers of that title or listeners going to want to hear about. So how do you give journalists what they want? Well, the good news is it's easier than you would think. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down what journalists want. I'm going to give you some examples as well. Um, And if you want to go to the blog post, which is with this episode, you can also download a worksheet, which you can go and work on if you want to. And you can put in some ideas which listening to this might spark for you. So again, let's remember what they want. The journalist needs to inform, educate and entertain their readers. So how can we give them that? So, how do we make sure our pitch or press release ticks those boxes? So, first, we have to ensure there's a story there. So, when we talk about stories, it could be a real life story. So, that's the kind of story that you might read in a woman's magazine, or that you might see on a kind of on a TV show. um, You know, where somebody's sharing their real life experience. Um, It could be that they've rescued rescued a dog from abroad. It could be that they've got a remarkable therapy pet. It could be that they have, um, you know, they've got a pet who's battled an illness or a pet who's diagnosed an illness we've often see stories where pets have diagnosed illnesses in their humans so that's a real life story that's a really heartwarming real life story so it's about how a pet has impacted on the real life of a person or it could also be how the life of a pet has been impacted by a person so somebody who's gone out and done something really extraordinary that can be a real for animals that can be a real life story as well so an example of that would be um a story I did recently about a lady called Janie Lowe's and she went to Sri Lanka on holiday and then decided to set up a vet clinic over in Sri Lanka. So I'll link to that in the show notes just to give you an idea of what I mean by a real life story. It could be a business story. So a business story could be about you turning, you know, celebrating five years in business. So one of my clients, Sally from woofers walkies she recently celebrated five years in business and she did this brilliant business story about how many dogs she'd walked how many poo bags she'd used how many pairs of boots she'd got through and what she'd learned in five years in business so that was a really nice business story but with a little bit of fun and humor in there as well obviously lovely pictures of sally out walking the dogs as well so that was great could be a news story so is something happening in the news that you can get involved in Um, you know when lockdown happened again um, a lot of my a lot of the pet business owners I was working with they used um, what they were doing and they they used that in line with the news story that was happening so they were talking about what kind of things they were doing in their community to help people so that became news that became like a news story or you know it could be an industry news story it could be lots of different things the main thing is um, you want to make sure that you've got something there that's going to inform, educate, entertain, inspire, and maybe amuse as well, because we always love fun stories about our pets. And, you know, pets are funny, aren't they, at the end of the day? Um, the aim is to create some kind of emotional response as well. Now, I'm going to go back on myself a little bit and go back to the news story. So I've just, I've, I'm actually re recording this podcast from my talk because I've come away from the Pet Industry Federation. Um, one of the panel discussions was about pets and the elderly, and I wanted to add a couple of things from that into this story. So, um, when we're talking about news stories, we're in lockdown at the moment, um, and we're in a situation where people, the elderly, aren't able. You know, in some situations, they're having to go into homes, or they're struggling to support, give the give the pets the care that they need. Um, one of the stories that I've written about recently was about a lady called Carla Finzel, she's going to be on the podcast soon, and she's a vet nurse, uh, a district vet nurse, so she goes out and treats animals in their home, as a district vet nurse would do for humans, so that's a bit like a new that's a news story there. Another example of a news story with regards to pets and the elderly, and um, was a story that I did last year, and it was about a dog called Connor who was rescued by a charity called Xanti Strays again I'm going to link to this in the show notes Um, and he was used as a bait dog in Xanti over in Greece so he was used in dog fights so absolutely heartbreaking but um, there's this there's a thing that happens where um, quiet and calm and you know vulnerable dogs are put into dog fights and then they're used as bait to help encourage the, the fighting dogs to attack so Connor was in a terrible, terrible way when he was found, but then he was rescued, and he was brought over to the UK. And the lady who rescued him took him to her grandma's nursing home. He had such a lovely time there that he ended up going and living there as a resident dog. So that's like a news story, and it's so heartwarming and lovely, isn't it? Think about the emotional response that that's that's bringing. I hope as you're listening to this, you're thinking, "Oh my gosh, that is so so lovely." Um, so, as I said. Let's think about creating those emotional responses. You might not have a story like Connor's or Carla's. That's okay. There's going to be something in your business that's going to inform, educate, entertain, inspire. So what I like to do is break it down into different topics. So if you have a look at the blog post um, or the show notes in this episode, swipe up, um, go to the blog post. You'll, you can download a worksheet which will help you with this if you want to go and grab that. So the prompts on the worksheet are for some different types of stories. So we've got an inspiring animal, so that could be Connor, the Zanti stray. We've got a light bulb moment, so an example of that would be one of my clients, Karen Rhodes, from the Luxury Dog Hamper Company. So Karen was watching a TV programme about Fortnum and Mason um, and the people who create lovely hamburgers for humans, and she thought... I wonder if anyone's doing that for dogs. So she had this light bulb moment. She went to Google. Nobody was doing it. So she bought the domain name luxurydoghampers.co.uk and she started making luxury dog hampers. So she's had some coverage on that angle. So that's one idea that you could come up with. Something new that you're doing, like let's say you're doing new classes for Um, puppies who have been you know puppies who were born during lockdown let's say you're doing you know covid canine classes which is what one of my other clients karen's doing karen boyce over in wales so that's something new it's also a little bit of a light bulb moment as well because she's realized that puppies born in lockdown have got different needs to other puppies Um, you could do a news story again that's similar to the example i gave you with connor and with carla You could talk about a community or charity story so the example that i gave you with suzanne and her having that community um that community support service that she offered with a facebook group for edinburgh dog owners in lockdown that's a community story a charity story could be where you're raising money for a charity um or doing you know you might be a charity yourself so that could be a story about the work that you're doing And then finally, you could talk about an achievement. So you might have won an award or like Sally's business story. That's also that would also kind of fall under an achievement story. So you've got lots of examples. There lots of different prompts for you to come up with when you're thinking about story ideas. Um, So the other thing that I wanted to do is quite often I will speak to people who've got pet businesses and they will say, oh, but I haven't got anything interesting to say. And I'm so boring and I haven't got any stories. So I wanted to share a case study of a client of mine called Kim O'Donnell. And Kim is the founder of Leo, Charlie and Me, and she makes pet accessories. So she makes lovely collars, leads, bandanas, dog walking bags. She makes masks as well. She's done really well with those. Um, And she set up her pet accessory business after retiring from her job as a school nurse. And when she first came to me, she came to me because she wanted to be more visible. She wanted to have more eyes on her business. She wanted people to be going to her website, but she wasn't quite sure how to do it. So she said, you know, she came to me because she wanted to understand how publicity worked and also just learn new ways to promote her business. So Kim thought that she was boring and we soon discovered that she wasn't any, any. she was not boring at all and she had so many stories Um And she did really, really well. She really applied herself and really dug deep and found so many different stories in her business and life that she managed to feature in nearly every single national newspaper and pet magazine here in the UK. She also featured in loads of local and regional papers as well, which was brilliant for her visibility locally. Um, So, as I say, when she came to setting up a business, she spent all of her career working as a school nurse and in the NHS. So when it came to kind of, you know, working out how to, you know how to stand out online. She was, you know, she was a she didn't know where to start. It was completely overwhelming. So what we did is we worked together and identified some different stories that she had in her business. Um so four I've got four of the stories here. I might share a few more of them but the first one was just about her setting up her business in the first place after her career as a school nurse. So that went into a local magazine called Staffordshire Outlook and they did a lovely piece about why she came to set up a business. So that was a great bit of local coverage. She then, because Kim has a health condition, she's on immunosuppressants and she had to shield during lockdown. Another story that she did was for a health website where she talked about how she was coping during the coronavirus lockdown. Another thing that Kim did was she sent off a um, collar and bandana and lead set to Dylan, as in Boris Johnson's dog, um, while ahead of the 2019 election campaign so she um, did this via um, talking to Dylan's mum on Instagram Carrie sent the parcel off and then Dylan wore the collar lead and bandana set on election day so it was incredible Um, you know there was photos of Kim's product that were sent you know that were on newspaper sites all over the world so that ended up featuring in the media she did um, she talked about how she dressed the Prime Minister's dog and it—you know there was lots of features about the nurse who ended up dressing Boris Johnson's dog. So that was another angle that she was able to create. Another story that she did was she talked about how she'd taken her Labrador Leo to a doggy boot camp. So when I was talking to Kim and we were finding out lots of different things about her background... Um, there was one week when we were. she was doing my publicity course and she said I'm not going to be here for one of the sessions because I'm at a doggy boot camp with Leo. So of course I was like what do you mean you're at a doggy boot camp with Leo? So she said well he's got anxiety and we're going to a boot camp where we're going to learn how to manage his anxiety. He'd been attacked by a couple of dogs on a walk so they went to a boot camp where they learned how to how to help him overcome that. And then a few weeks later um, there was a media request in a group that I'm in from a journalist from the Telegraph asking for dogs who asking for case studies of dogs who've been treated for mental health problems so because Leo had been treated for anxiety at a boot camp we were able to put Kim forward for that so she appeared in the Telegraph. Another bit of coverage that she had was just when she created a new product range so she decided to make um, tote bags with pockets in for all of your kind of dog walking essentials like poo bags that kind of thing So she sent it off to the um, Your Dog magazine and it featured in the the dog shopping page. And then another story that she did was about Leo being a life-saving Labrador. So because of um, Kim's health condition, Leo has been a real tower of strength for her with her mental health and her physical health as well. So when Labradors were voted Britain's favourite dog breed... um, there was a feature about life-saving Labradors and she was able to feature in that so that's just a handful of um, some of the coverage that Kim's had but I hope it shows you um you know how how you can come up with ideas in your pet business and just by thinking outside of the box you can get lots and lots of different angles going and lots of um, different ideas for coverage so when Kim first came to me all she thought she had to talk about was the fact that she makes dog dog leads and collars and there was so much more to her than that she had lots of personal stories and then there was the story about how her business first came to light then she had the story about her you know her very famous client so lots of different things going on there now i know sharing personal stories isn't everybody's cup of tea so obviously you decide what you are happy to share and what you're not happy to share but um there's lots of examples there from kim's story and also lots of examples from the other stories that i talked about which will hopefully um open up open up the possibilities for you for the different things you can talk about when it comes to promoting your pet business so it's not just about your products and services um, and you can also you know look at what's going on in the news and use that as angles for you to talk about what it is that you do and how you serve your customers. Um, so the key takeaways for you um the key takeaways I want you to have from this episode is that the first one is that it's not about you it's about the reader so we, again I hope you don't think I mean we rude saying it like that but we've got to think about the reader that's what the editor or the journalist or the reporter or the writer is thinking they're thinking about what they can give to their reader or listener or viewer and this applies for podcasts and blogs as well and new media it's all about the reader and the you know the consumer of that media and um, We also want to create an emotional response. So how are people going to feel when they read your story or pitch idea? You know, are you going to inspire them to laugh, to cry, to be inspired? Are they going to learn something? What is it that you're going to get? What is it that they're going to get from it? And then you also, the final thing is that you have to give journalists what they want. So really think about making their lives easier by giving them stories. So rather than thinking, you know, I want you to write about this, you have to think about, you know, I've got this story and you know, I think it would be of interest to your readers. That's the way to go about your pitching. Um, So I hope you found that episode helpful. If you're listening and it's the first time you've tuned into the podcast and you found it via the virtual pet index, thank you for coming and listening. Um, If you'd like to find out more about me, you can come and find me on social media. I'm at Rachel Spencer UK on all platforms. Um, you can also tune into my podcast so I share a weekly podcast episode with tips on how to promote your pet business and if you've listened to some of the examples that I've shared where I've mentioned people who are clients and people who I've worked with and you'd like to learn more about working with me I do have a membership program and it's where you can it's a monthly program and it's where you can go through my publicity for pet businesses course learn everything that you need to be your own pet business PR and also have um, you know we have six sessions every month where you can come and ask me questions you can learn about all kinds of different things inside of the membership program so i'm going to link to that in the episode show notes as well so i do hope you found that helpful as ever um i would love to hear your thoughts on social media um, if you leave a review for this podcast and um, wherever you listen to your podcast i would also love you forever um, and finally thank you so much to the pet industry federation for inviting me to talk at pet index it was a brilliant brilliant event and if you haven't um If you haven't checked out some of the talks that were there, then you can catch up with them um, over the next couple of weeks um, while they are still live. Um, And certainly go and follow them on social media and, you know, stay in touch. I will stay in touch with me and I'll let you know when the next one is. So thank you again for listening and I will speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.